Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. What's going on, Coastline? How y'all doing this morning? Everybody having fun so far? Hey, I want to uh, say thank you and encourage you for braving the storm that is the drizzle that we have outside. You know, it's kind of one of those things where I know how it is. You wake up on a Sunday and you're like, oh, there's like 30% chance of rain. I'm not going to chance it. I'm staying home. Um, If that's you and you're watching it online, uh, thank you so much for doing so. Uh, I did get a text message a few minutes ago. Said that I guess the building, you know, overnight might have been struck by lightning or something like that, and there was they're having uh, internet issues. And so, if you're watching this, you're probably watching this later in the afternoon. And I want to commend you more even for continuing to to tune in and chase it down. Uh, it is a real big deal. Um, some of you guys, I'm sure, are probably watching because you're going to the race this morning or something. And if that's the case, boogity boogity boogity. Hope you had a good race. Um, <clears throat> for you that ha- don't like racing, you, don't, well, no, you have no idea what that means, but it's all right. Um, I'm excited for today because we're in part three, the series that we started just a few weeks ago called Rooted. And we're talking about how we grow as individuals, how we, we grow as a church. We continue to, to strengthen our foundation. We continue to, to, to grow these roots down so that we are firmly planted uh, in our faith. I think that as a church, as as a, an organization, the more we become rooted, the better that we will be. I think our families, the more as our, our faith becomes rooted, the better we'll be, and, and also individually. And so we've been talking about how that in this, this time of seasonal change, how this is an opportunity for us to continue to grow these roots. And so for the past couple of weeks, we talked about growing you know, the root of, uh, in, our, in our spirit of, of, of looking into Scripture and continuing to, to study the Word, this amazing tool that's been given to us, and how there's so many great ways that we can get into it. There's so many resources that, that we use, but the, the biggest thing that we got to do is to, to cut out the time and, and, actually, and actually do it. And that no matter what type of you know, spiritual growth you're in, whether you're just starting out or whether you've been uh, a follower for, for decades, that we all have this continued opportunity to continue to strengthen in our study of, of Scripture. Last week, we talked about growing uh, through the root of serving one another. You know, part of uh, what Jesus does in his example uh, in the last you know, 24 hours of his life is he does this thing that is, is, is one of the most serving things that you could do in his time and where he bends down and he and he washes his disciples feet we talk about the importance it is for us to continue to to serve christ as we as we serve those around us as we serve those that are that that we love or that that are our neighbors that we're supposed to love how we continue to serve the church as we as we serve him and serve those that are even outside of the church and today we're going to take a step uh and jump into how we can continue to grow our faith uh, through us taking, uh, making, choosing to be selfless. And so if you will, let's, uh, let's pray real quick, and then we'll jump right into it. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much uh, for the, the opportunity you've given us here this morning to come together, to connect with one another, to love on each other. Uh, God, I pray that we would continue to grow in relationship with one another, that our community and our culture would continue to be changed by uh, this, this great fellowship that happens each and every week. But God, I pray that 
even as I communicate these words, I pray that we would continue to grow in, in our faith, that, that, that this foundation would continue uh, to grow. I pray that you give me words to say that maybe aren't even in my notes or maybe that I haven't even said. I pray your Holy Spirit would speak through me and you would speak to us and continue to teach us as the great Father that you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So one thing here in New Smyrna Beach uh, that I'm excited about, things that are changing, is, is we're kind of getting into this new season, right? And, uh, you know, all the kids are going back to school. We're, we're technically, I think we're officially in the, the fall season. The problem is in Florida, like, we don't have any seasons. You can't, it's just hot or a little bit chilly and damp. Like, that's, that's what you get, right? And whenever it's chilly and damp, the Floridians, they lose their mind. And they're putting on, like, parkas, and everyone's, you know, being crazy and wearing shoes all of a sudden. It's nuts. Uh, but in Florida, the one thing that you can tell, you know, the, the, the true way that you can tell that the seasons are changing, there's two ways that I know. I've, I've been a Floridian for, for 37 years. Two surefire ways to tell if the seasons are changing. The first one is when my, my wife is ordering at Starbucks. Because anytime there's pumpkin in front of, of, of whatever, you could be, you got your pumpkin lattes that are coming out now. You got your pumpkin iced tea or iced coffees. You get your pumpkin water with extra ice shaken or not stirred or whatever it is. All the pumpkin stuff starts coming out, right? So you know we're getting into this fall season. Or this is my favorite. is like Erica will drag me into Target, like kicking and screaming to Target because I hate that place. Uh, she loves it, so I go. We go to Target, and after the end of it, as I'm dreading about ready to have to check out, and she hits her red card and says, but we saved 5%. As she's ready to hit it, I look at the candy aisle, and there's the Reese cups right there. And every season, they change to a different shape, right? So we're getting into that, we're getting into that fall season where they're all pumpkins now. I'm going to tell you right now, if you, want, if, if you want to get in good with the pastor, you don't ever need to get in good with the pastor, but if you ever need to, if you want to get on my good side, man, Reese cups, they have a, a tender heart, a tender spot in my heart. Right now, the little pumpkins, but then Christmas time's coming, and you're going to have what? The Christmas trees? Those, those are my favorite. But as we're changing the season, as, as, we're, as our culture's shifting a little bit, um, as we're sitting in Starbucks even this past Tuesday and, 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 and doing staff meeting, as we're, as we're connecting with one another, I start to have this thought about how, we, how our culture has, has changed over, over these past decades to one that is, is very, like, self-centered. And, and today... When I talk about this, I want you to know this is not something I'm trying to get you to feel bad about. This is just kind of an observation that I'm making. I was talking to my parents uh, 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 this past weekend, and I talked about how I remember before Instagram, before Facebook, that their idea of community was completely different than what it is today. And it took me having to go to a, a good friend of mine, his, his father died, and went to his funeral. And I saw all these faces of all these people I hadn't seen in 10, 15 years, and I realized that that community back then was completely different than what, I, than what we use, uh, what we think as community now. Community back then, I remember going over to people's houses and doing dinner with one another, playing with their kids, and, and our parents uh, serving at the church with one another. I remember going to softball games in which the dads all played together, or they'd do co-ed league, and, and everyone played together. And we, they did life with one another, they loved on one another, and they, they helped one another. And I realized that even in my, in my own life, like, our culture, the way we live has, has changed. 
And now our culture is, is and, and it's not even by one of these things that, that we mean to do it, but rather than being in this communal mindset of helping one another and loving one another and, and, and being selfless at times, it, it's, it's turned into where we, it's all about me. And again, this is not something I'm trying to get you to, to, to feel guilty about at all. You see this even, even more like in a, in a macro way if, uh, if you look at your spouse's Facebook or Instagram. Because even like technology is so focused on me, 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 me. If you look on my Instagram right now, you know what you're going to see? Lots of pictures of fish. Lots of pictures of fish. But even like the feed of like the people I follow or like you look at the Instagram stories or, or what are they called now? Reels? What, what's a reel? Is, the difference, is that Instagram or is that Facebook? I'm getting too old. I don't know. I can't remember. But you start to watch it, and, and it all has this like same theme. It's like fish or, or boats or something out, outdoors, right? Every, every now and then it's like maybe, maybe a cool car or something like that. Or, or, or it'll be like snippets of like one of the pastors I follow preaching. But it's all this thing where it's like customized to me. And I, and I remember getting to the point where I'm thinking like this is just what Instagram is. Until one day I was looking through my wife's Instagram. It's completely different. It's like a whole different Instagram and Facebook that's out there. You got like makeup tutorials and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm watching right now. This is definitely not of God. This is like Pinterest hell right now. It's like anything and everything. It's the crazy, and I'm not picking it, well, I'm picking on you, but I'm just saying, it's like, it's a whole different, whole different world. It's, it's like, I didn't realize there's like a whole world of moms out there that like have this community group about like, how do we survive as moms? But they make videos about it and they're, they're stinking hilarious. But our Instagrams and Facebooks and everything that we do in life, even like Netflix and stuff, the way they suggest, it's all about like, what do you want? What do you need? You're going to get what you need. You've got to protect yourself. You've got you to provide for yourself. It's all about you, 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 you. And as we, as we live through that, it starts to adjust our mindset. And we start to think, I've got I to gotta get for me what I need for myself. I gotta set up set up bound which boundaries aren't bad. I'm just saying, but I gotta set up these boundaries to make sure I can get, I'm gonna protect me. I'm gonna take care of me. But what we see the New Testament say, what we see Paul talk about when he's he's warning churches about the changes they've made, when he's when he's talking to the church in Philippi, he says something that's a little bit a little bit different than what our culture says today. In Philippians chapter two, starting in verse one, we're we're gonna read through. Uh, 10 or 11 verses, Paul goes and he, 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 he starts to try to adjust this church and, and say, hey, maybe the way you've been thinking, the things you've been doing are a little bit different. Like this is a, maybe this is a better way. He says this, he says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? He's being kind of snarky in this. He says, is it any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? He says, then make Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with one another, loving one another, working together with one, or with one mind and one purpose. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. He says, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take in interest in others too. You must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus had. 
Though he was God, he did not think of, uh, of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took his humble position of a, of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared to him before, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor. He gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow every, uh, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He says, hey, when, what, what you've turned into, the culture that you have now, is, is different than what Jesus did. It's different than the example that, that Jesus made. That he came down and he lived this, this selfless life. He didn't throw his, his authority around. He loved people enough to show interest in them. Not have them come along to show, interest, show what he was interested in. Paul references he causes this change, or he starts to talk about this change that they need to make. One, I believe, probably because the Holy Spirit is like prompting him to do so. But also, it's, it's because of how Jesus lived and the stories that he was told about Jesus and what Jesus taught. In the book of Luke, Jesus says this in chapter 6, verse 27 to 36. He said, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemy." Do good to those who hate you. Now, this is completely off the wall, right? Because it's the, the, the world we live in now, it's like, how do, you, how do you love an enemy? How do you love someone that you're in competition with at work? Like that person's trying to, trying to use you as a stepping stone. That person's trying to, to get something out of you. How, do you. how do you love those people? How do you do good for those? It's, it's completely different than what our culture says right now. He goes on, he continues to say, he says, you need to bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good for those who do good to you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to those sinners who, for a full return, continues to say he switches he says love your enemies do good to them lend to them without expectation of getting repaid then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will be truly acting as children of the most high God for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate you know, I think, I think we live in a world where, where we think about self-preservation and about protecting ourselves and providing for ourselves 
And because it's a dog-eat-dog world, it's easy to think, I've got to look out for me and mine. But here I think what Jesus is doing, he's trying to adjust your way of thinking from, and their way of thinking from that of self-preservation to that of living on the mission that he's calling us to. Living on the mission that, that, that how we live and how we treat other people should have such an impact that it'll change the world that we live in. I, I think what Jesus is hoping is that, that as we maybe will adjust our way of thinking from that of, of it's about me, 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 and switch gears to, to, to a selfless type of mindset, not only will it change the world we live in, but it'll also change who we are. Our impact on, on the people around us will be far greater than that if we just keep looking out for, for who number one is. Matthew chapter 16, he continues on. He says this, he says, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You must take up your cross. You must follow me. If you try to hang on to life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will say it, save it. I'm going to read that one part. He says, you must give up your own way. It's a, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to do. It's an easy thing to say. But in the world of control freaks that we live in, my, myself included, it's hard not to live through life thinking, I'm going to do what I want to do. Jesus says, you got to put that away. you got to think that selflessly. you got to love one another. One of the things that um, Eric and I uh, really, uh, our heart, heart breaks for and, and we feel really passionate about is, is when we're talking to people or or connect with people and, and they start being transparent about their marriage, specifically with one another. There's something about that, like we feel like we've, we want to help defend this, the, the, these two people that have connected their lives together as one. It's, it's not always easy to do, mostly because they, they're, there's multifaceted things that, that are issues. And, and nine times out of ten, we're, we're, we're directing people like, hey, you know what? Go to, you need to talk to a counselor. Together, you need to talk to counselors separately. But whatever, whatever the issues are, a lot of the times, I, I feel like one of the main issues we see is they get to this mindset of they're just not giving me what I need in this relationship. I, 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 want, I, want, to, I want to feel safe. I need to be encouraged, and they just... I need I need physical contact. They're not they're not giving it. I need financial security. They're not they're not giving it. I'm just not getting what I need. And I try to communicate them. I feel like when it comes to marriage, marriage is a lot more about you giving and being selfless than it is about you getting. And I'm saying that as a man that, that, that this is not easy is an easy thing for me to do. Even last night, I, got, I come home, 
I've been, I'm, I'm going to be honest and transparent with you for a second. Um, I saw the movie Top Gun twice in the theater. I loved it. It was great. I laughed. I cried. Like, this is not like me publicly saying Coastline supports Tom Cruise and Scientology and every, all that other crazy stuff, whatever. I'm just saying I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much that when it came on, like, line, I downloaded onto my TV the digital version, and I've been waiting to watch it. I even, like, I went yesterday, or two days ago or whatever and watched the old one from, like, 1984, and you didn't realize, like, how bad acting was back then. That, and there must have been no orthodontist or dentistry in Hollywood at that time because you're like, those people don't got the same teeth. But I've been sitting here jonesing, waiting to watch Top Gun and my comfy chair and my TV in my living room and my comfy shorts just having some me time. I'm thinking about it on the drive home last night. And I go, I get my comfy shorts on, I come back out. My lovely wife is on her third time of watching the series Lost. Second, sorry, my apologies. Second time of watching the series Lost. And I'm like, this, is, this show is like, there's a smoke monster that makes no sense. They're all dead anyways. It's like this, this like, huh? They're not dead. Okay, yeah. But as I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about like the message, I'm like, like part of marriage is, like I want to do this. I want to watch Top Gun. Did I say anything about it? I didn't do anything. No, it wasn't about, I'm just saying, I sat, we sat there and watched, uh, whatever it was called, the stupid smoke monster polar bear, Lost. We, I, I just sat there. I was like, man, this, part of, this is part of what marriage is, being selfless. Although it kind of sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, so it doesn't sound real selfless, does it? Yeah. What I'm saying is you do this a lot better, a lot better than I do. We, we all know. No, one, no one's going to argue this. But I feel like because we get the understanding that marriage is about being selfless and about what you can give to the other person, not about what you can get from the other person, it works. And I think that's not just marriage. I think marriage, it's a, it's a fantastic tool for marriage. But I think it's also the way we're supposed to treat one another. I think the, the people that are close to us, the people that are hard to love, that are far from us, the people at work that, that just want to use us or abuse us, there, there's, there's this thing where Jesus says we need to adjust our mindset. And as we love on them, we, we, we choose to be interested in what they're interested in. We need to be selfless at times. I think if we'll do that, we start to take on one of the characteristics that Jesus had. We, we start to be, we start to share the love of Christ through, through our actions and being different and saying, it's not about me. Today, this, this is not about me. The book of John, chapter 15, verse 12 Jesus says this. He says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I've loved you. There's no greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You know, know, I thought about that last part, and 
and, and I and I think even when it's communicated, it's talking about like to give of one's life. It's talking about like life and and death. But but even deeper than deeper than that, or other than that, to also to give of what you want, your own desires. To to in the moment to give up of what you want in your life for right then for somebody else. I think that is what it means to be to be selfless. C.S. Lewis uh, said this. He said that true humility, which I believe is what selflessness is, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. It's, it's not about value. You're of great value. Jesus paid the ultimate price for you. He values you. He's going to look out for you. He's going to protect you. He's going to take care of you if you let him. He just says that we should choose to be a little, a little selfless and love those around us more. That's different than what our world says. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, um, the Apostle Paul, he talks about, talks about love. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of cool, and we're getting into the seasons where things are going to be cooler now, and, and, and I'm, I'm already starting to talk with couples about, about weddings coming up. And I'm going to tell you right now, like, almost every wedding that I've ever done, like, someone requests for me to read this verse where, the Paul, where Apostle Paul talks about love. It's like the most romantic chapter in all of the Bible. The, the only thing about it, though, is, is as we read it, as, we, as you read what Paul says, if you look into the context, he's not actually talking to couples. He's not talking about marriage. He's not talking about romance. He's talking to a church and how they should, should operate and what they should do in their community, what they should do with, with one another. He's talking about how, how they should lead and, and, and do life with the people around them. He says this, he says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. He says, if I had the gift of prophecy and if I could understand all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and I sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. He says, love is, he says, patient. The way that you choose to be selfless with people around you is love them by being, by being patient. It's really tough to do that during snowbird season when people come in and they drive 15 miles an hour in a 35-mile zone, right? It's tough to be patient. As we choose to be selfless, so be patient and be kind. It says love is is not jealous. 
I sat with a pastor buddy of mine this past week, and as we're fishing, he's telling me about the new facility they just moved into. They started around the same time Coastline started. And I said, man, the, the human part of me, like I was just being transparent, the human part of me starts to think, like, start to get feel a little bit jealous of, like, man, I'm in this high school where people are afraid to touch the chair because there's probably gum underneath of it. Kids ministry is, AC's broken and it's always like 30 below zero in there. By the way, if you volunteer for kids ministry, bring a sweater. But I said, man, honestly, like I can't, I feel like we're on the same team. I can't, because I love him, I'm, I'm celebrating with him. I'm not jealous of him. Because I'm like, man, this is a great, great chapter for the kingdom to continue to grow. Love's not boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. I'm still working on that one. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up and never loses faith, is always hopeful, it endures through every circumstance. The best way to live life is selflessly in love. I'm going to tell you in all these things, this week at some point, you're going to fail because we're not perfect. I want to say that's okay. But I want to tell you the direction that we're called to go, the direction that we're supposed to be pursuing as we follow Christ. When it comes to your marriage, if you're struggling in marriage, I want to challenge you to take a step and be a little less of you. Show some selfless love. Help them. If you're in a relationship, if you're talking about marriage, take a step. Be a little selfless. If you're struggling in your work, in your job, be a little selfless. In your finances, take a step and be a little, a little selfless. I, I think if, if we do this, if we, not, not if we devalue ourselves, because that's not what it's about. But if we understand that it's not about survival, it's not about protection from pain, it's about the mission that he's called us to, to change the world and to love one another. That's the command he's given us. And so I just want to challenge you to go do that in whatever way you're struggling with. We took communion in the beginning, or the end of worship this morning. We're going to Sing one more song as the band comes up. But I'm reminded that part of that Passover feast, what they're celebrating, is that during that time of coming out of Egypt, God required them. He said, hey, I want you to go and make a sacrifice. I want you to take the blood of the lamb that you sacrifice, that you give up of, but you put it above the door and on the sides of each of, of the doorway. It required something that, that they they showed value in, that they would have used later. They, 
that maybe would have provided for them or kept them from hunger. But he said, he said, do this. Sacrifice. Think a little bit less of yourself and see what happens. And I, I think the same will be true of us. So this morning, that's, that's the challenge. The challenge is to take your next steps as we start this week off on this Sunday, as we worship, as we sing these words, to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and adjust your heart a little bit, adjust your mindset, to think about loving one another and those around you a little bit more than we think about us, more than I think about me. With that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being the good father that you are. I pray that right now that your Holy Spirit would come in and, and show us specifically in our own lives the things that, that we're struggling with, the things that we need to release, the people that we need to help, the people that we need to love on. I pray you give us the, the, the patience and the peace to be able to do so, to not so think about our own self-preservation or protection, but that we would think missionally along the way that you would call us to, to, to love those around us. And I pray that you, would, that you would use that as we take this action, that you would use it to change us and adjust us, soften our hearts. But I pray that you would also use it to soften those that are around us. And I thank you so much for what's to come. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.